The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to episode 144 of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Zandrick Ellison. Zan, how are you today? I'm doing okay. Uh, my brackets are a mess, but I'm happy to be talking NBA instead now. Yeah, so let's talk about that for one second. We'll start with the NCAA tournament. It's been insane, chaos everywhere. You touted Oral Roberts. And on the podcast. Didn't I say money line too, actually? We said go to Bovada Sportsbook and put some money down on – I think we said the spread because the money line was I like, think I said – it was like plus 10, It was a plus 1,000, plus 1,000. So, so as of our recording today on Monday morning, eleven twenty-three Eastern Time, Oral Roberts is still still in the tournament, and they're going to be playing on Saturday in the Sweet Sixteen, and they're doing it with two players, which is really fun. Max Aismith, it's not Abmis. I don't know where that pronunciation comes from, and then your guy, I don't even know his first name, O'Banner. I was calling him Ed O'Banner, just like Ed O'Bannon, but I don't know his first name, but he is awesome, and. I don't know what to say. I, I, it's it's fun to watch, I guess, right? Like, it's yeah. Just, well, you know, it's funny. Like sometimes, you know, it's, it's you know, whatever sample size, flukiness. But then once in a while, there's like a good player that like carries a bad team, and then they end up like lasting in the NBA for a while. Like remember Kyle O'Quinn? I don't think he's on a team anymore, but he had a good run and he had a nice NBA career, and he made uh, some money for sure. I mean, or like Wally Zerbiak. I mean, that's yeah, but he was like a high profile guy. Like even like he CJ was, McCollum was, was kind of high profile, I guess, right? Yeah, those guys. Those guys were good, but like this is this is funny because like Oral Roberts, like even with CJ McCollum, like Lehigh was like the one or two seed every year. Like Bucknell was either one or they were one, and like Oral Roberts is like fourth in the Summit League, and they they really have two guys. Like that's it. They just have two guys, and Ohio State. I, I mean. I think you want to like burn that tape if you're Chris Holtman. Like they were good down the stretch. He ran some good plays, and then like Dwayne Washington just totally was just didn't know what to do. It was, so it was really I want to ask you this: in Florida, like they just beat Florida because like, we're an NBA them. podcast. Has, has anything you've seen this last week in the tournament changed your uh, opened your eyes or changed your mind about anyone? I, I can't really say it has. Besides, like oh, I think that O'Bannon's draftable. Maybe you know. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. So I was really impressed with Cam Thomas and LSU. I, I touted the Bonnies, and uh, hopefully you all didn't go to Bovada and, and lose a bunch of money on St. Bonaventure like I did. But I was really impressed with Cam Thomas's ability to kind of impact the game when he wasn't scoring and kind of get himself going. I, I, I was pretty impressed with that because he doesn't really do that. He doesn't defend. He's not. He doesn't really pass. But like, if you can see him as more of a secondary creator then like maybe he has a Jamal Crawford type ceiling because like Crawford for, for all of his warts, you know, he never guarded anybody. He could score and he could get guys involved. He was much better creator. I think than people ever gave him credit for when he was going really well in like his thirties, you know? And so I I think that's something good to see. It'll be really interesting. They play Michigan today as we're recording. And so it'll be interesting to see how he does against a, a really good defensive team. That's like designed to stop him. And then the other thing too, and I know I, I know we talked about him, we doted on him, but like I'm, I'm just really impressed with Evan Mobley. I understand that they played Drake, but when you see a guy that's his age, his size, and moves as well as he does, it's like I said, it's not quite Anthony Davis, but like yeah. you could probably talk yourself into Anthony Davis. And I'm not saying that I would take him over Cade. I'm not even saying that I think he should definitely go two overall, but I think for me personally, at some point you're gonna convince me to do another draft podcast. I don't know how unless like we see Jalen Green do something cra- like Jalen Green ends up playing overseas or something I, I just don't see how I would have anybody else over him other than Cade and I think it's closer than people think and that's crazy coming for me because I, I just hate bigs but like he just he just seems like you can run your offense through him too well, and also and that guy's hard to find you know the, the draft you never get super excited about the draft and it's like you have the eighth pick and you're like ah, oh, you know new franchise player it's like no he's probably like a rotational guy for sure um, yeah 
even the number one pick is not necessarily a franchise guy. Sometimes he's like a number two or a number three guy, like Kenyon Martin or something. Like if he came in, you know, he was a number one pick, a bad number one pick, yeah, but, but, good, but, good, but a good player yeah. for a number of years, like a contributor on very good teams. But yeah, never a superstar. You know, you don't get LeBron every time. Like. But I think, I think it's clear that like Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, and hopefully Jalen Green, we haven't seen as much of him, but you know, I think they, they have the chance to be like a notch above the, you know, the class and then be like a true, like number one or two player on a, on a team. And then like, build I, your think team there's people that, I think there's people that feel that way about Jalen Suggs. And, yeah. and one of the things that's interesting is like Gonzaga for all the problems that high seeds have been having and all the upsets there's been, obviously Gonzaga is also playing on Monday. And I mean, they just blew out Norfolk state. It was like nine to four. And then it was like, they went on like a 55 to 20 run, but like you don't, like I want to see Jalen Suggs in the final four and in the finals play against other really good talent because like Gonzaga is just so loaded. I feel like it's almost clouding my ability to evaluate him. Right. I mean, sense, like, Sam. no, totally. Like, Cause he, you know, you go to a veteran team. They play in the like, West coast conference. Like it, it, it's weird. He's been awesome against power five teams, but it's just, well, it's and also t- like if you're a point guard, and you have a shooter like Corey Kispert who can hit like 50% of his threes. Like, is there an easier job than just like kicking it out? And like the, that probably adds like an assist a game just because he's hitting shots that other people won't. Right. And then he also has Andrew Nemhard who runs their offense for him. So like he's taking a lot of open shots, like he's in transition a ton. It's just, and again, I, I think there are scouts and I, I think I saw this on Sam Bassini's big board. Like I think he has Jalen Suggs going third or he has him third on this big board. Well, I don't Tankathon know he, has him number one overall, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't see. I think he's a clear fourth right now, but I I still think he's a notch above too. I I don't like. I I think it's tough for guys that don't grind draft prospects, and I'm not saying the Tankathon doesn't do this, but it's really hard. I think to look at Jalen Green and be like, I I'm the guy that passed on him, you know. And and I understand doing it, like Cade Sunday night, just not. You know, he was good. He wasn't great. Had struggled to make shots. You sent the thing to me from Kevin Pelton about how like he hasn't shot a great inside the arc, although he has shot a well from three. I personally think with a more spaced floor. You can really see it. I, I also feel that way about James Booknight. I know we talked a lot about him as well, but like I think Booknight is a smooth NBA scorer. Like I like Booknight better than like Jaden Springer right now or Keon Johnson. Like I don't think he's going to be better than those guys for sure, but I think he he comes ready to score. But like I just think that what you can see from Jalen Green is that like he absolutely will be able to score in the NBA, however he figures it out, because he's just so physically gifted. Like, it's just crazy. And so, like, I don't know if we shouldn't probably crown Cade or Evan Mobley because there's probably going to be some workouts where Jalen Green shows up and people are like, okay, the YouTube videos that I watched and I was like, this is a joke against talent. Like, we, we see that he's different, you know? Well, and also in terms of, I think Cade is still the favorite for number one because you could – slide him in pretty much anywhere. You know, it's like, if you're, if you're Minnesota, can you really take Mobley? I don't know. If you're Minnesota, can you really take Jalen Suggs and get another guard? I don't know. But Kate, I think can play, you know, one, two, three. He's probably big enough to be a four two if you want him to guard fours. Um, so, and, and he shoots well. So like, he's not going to screw up anything in your offense. Right. And, and the thing is too, and and we'll talk about this in a minute. We'll talk about LeBron, I guess, next. But well, actually, I think you had a good transition because um, you mentioned sort of it's so hard to be like a part time draft analyst, yeah. And you know, check in during March Madness or watch highlights of Jalen Green in the G League. And we need to give a shout out because you know we didn't know what to, I didn't know what to make of Lamelo Ball last year because you look at the he looked good, stats were pretty mediocre efficiency in a. Australian league and his team wasn't winning. And then there's one, I think some people liked him, some didn't, but like the draft express guys on ESPN were steadfast in their opinion that he is the clear number one. Yeah. And there were a couple, there were a couple other guys. I know like John Hollinger thought number one, I think Pelton thought he was number one. I know Sam thought he was number one. I but, think I will but say like this. they got flack for that though. I mean, cause you know, notably Kevin O'Connor thought Killian Hayes was number one. And, and he, I mean, LaMelo, you know, obviously we're talking about him because the season's over, but was so much farther along than I would have imagined. I thought he would be one of like the worst starter level players in the league just because he was he, so young. And, and just. And as soon as they put him in the starting lineup, like he was really good. And obviously there's some defensive concerns, but he has a fracture of his hand right around his thumb. And he's definitely... Uh, out for the season. That's what we hear. 
a crippling thing for Charlotte, who's right in the mix to, well, you know, we talked about this two weeks ago, like for the play-in tournament, like it's a big deal, right? Like this is, you know, Charlotte's in the eighth spot right now. They are, I think, one game up on Indiana, one game up in Chicago, and like two and a half games up on the Raptors. And we know those teams are coming. And, you know, I wouldn't say Lamelo is their best player currently, but he, he is one of their like four best players, right? And and a positive player. Like, I, you know, if you're a rookie, especially a freshman, you know, would be a freshman or whatever, sophomore, and you're a league average player, like that's a great sign. And if you're above average that first year, that's an amazing sign. I, I mean, this is the thing with Lamelo, Like, I... Yeah. Rookies are bad. Like we've talked about this a ton. Like they're just bad. And, you know, you never want to see like Killian Hayes level bad. Like that's an ominous sign, but like just not being a a, a net positive rookie is not a bad thing. And I think that he certainly was the runaway favorite on Bovada for rookie of the year until this news. I, I don't know if he's done enough because I will say this, like, Minnesota sort of just handed the keys to the offense to Anthony Edwards. And they're just kind of like, Hey, just, just go do it. Right. Like whatever you want to do. And he's been pretty freaking good the last month. And I think for all the people, like, I, you know, I, I think on our last draft thing, I had Anthony Edwards one and LaMelo two. And I was like, if you want LaMelo one, like I totally understand it. The passing is generational, whatever presidential, if you want to call it that, I don't know. But like those two guys look, really, really good. And I wonder if Anthony Edwards is like a good value right now because he's played so well lately. I, I still think he's not had obviously the same season as LaMelo, but I think Charlotte deserves some credit for the situation that they've ended up putting LaMelo in, right? Because he's got other good players around him. Whereas like Anthony Edwards, Minnesota is just it's a tough, tough spot there. Well, that's one of the most interesting, it's going to be one of the most interesting awards votes because LaMelo played 41 games, not much more than Embiid, who didn't win, but it's only 72 games. So he played a majority of the yeah, games. Yeah, 60% of the games or whatever, over half the season. And I would say he's clearly better than Anthony Edwards in terms of stats. Just I, I, I agree with you. Like I think Anthony Edwards might be better you know, in a couple of years. But, I mean, look at their true shooting, 56 to 48. Um, he's, getting and then, like, he's getting that true shooting percentage up, Zan. Yeah, but it's just too late to get that far up. It'll be hard, hard to get it over like 50, I think. So yeah. you're going to, if you look at like box plus minus, if you want to look at that, Lamella plus three, Edwards minus five, and that'll keep improving, but it's just never going to be close to as good as Lamella was early statistically. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously his raw stats, Anthony Edwards' raw stats in March, since they've been back seven games, 30, 36 minutes a game, 26, six and three. But Still, you know, he's using 33% of his possessions. He's still like 53% true shooting, which is really good to see. But 43, 34 and a half, 71, like that, that's pretty good for, a, you know, if you saw that from a guy for the whole season, you'd be pretty freaking excited about Anthony Edwards, right? No, absolutely. Yeah. And, then, and then it's, and it's also, we talk about this all the time, the nature of stats, because it's like Lamelo stats are a little better than, raw stats are better than like Tyrese Halliburton. And then Halliburton's going to play 20 more games so that's probably more valuable but we don't really look at totals you know you're going to look at the averages and then ding him slightly for missing 20 games but um i think lamel's gonna win it i would bet lamella ball to win with I, I would say that like just the fact that he's come in as a 19 year old i don't know if he's 20 now i think he's still 19 yeah, night, he's not quite 20. Like, and to be able to play 30, you know, just about 30 minutes a night and do and, and be like 16, six and six and like one and a half steals as a 19 year old on a team that's like firmly in the mix to try to make the playoffs. Like, I, I think it's going to get probably lost in translation for the rest of this year's end, right? Because he's going to be out of sight, out of mind. Like, Charlotte's not a big draw other than him specifically. And I think he was a guy that if they make the play-in tournament and he has two or three good games, then you get a ton of excitement from older fans too. Because I think there's still people that are just like, ah, LaMelo, he's like a circus sideshow, right? I, I feel that way. But obviously we know young kids really like him. We know his popularity on social media. But like, he's the type of guy that like you could watch him and he could have like 24, 13, and 10 in like a big 8-9 battle. And you're like, man, this guy's going to be a superstar. I-, I-, I feel that. And so it sucks. Like, Well, and it's also to call back to Jalen Suggs on Gonzaga. It's like... I thought LaMelo would potentially really struggle on Charlotte because I thought yeah. the team was bad and they would throw him out to the Wolves and he would have inefficient play and then lose his confidence. And it was the opposite where it's like the team is better than I expected. Like, you know, 
Rozier, who I've never liked, has played well. He's played well playing year. really well. Yeah. And he didn't even they didn't even need to start him, you know, like they eventually did. But um it was a great situation for him, I think. I mean, he he's been hindsight. better, he's been better than Devontae Graham from like game five on, right? And Devontae Graham was a guy that was you know, most improved player type guy last year. And so I think that when you see that, it's 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 impressive for them moving forward. I do think, you know, in, in leading the show with Charlotte instead of LeBron. Oh, yeah. Well, let's, let's you kind of no, naturally no, transitioned. Well, well, I, I want to talk a little more about Charlotte for a second, though, because obviously the trade deadline's coming up and there are some available guys, right? And I think Charlotte probably thought that they were going to be a buyer. And I don't know, Zan, like, I don't know if this changes what their outlook is moving forward for this specific season. Do you, do you still buy and, and trade, you know, like PJ Washington or, you know, in a first or like Malik Monk and Miles Bridge, you know, whatever to get like Vucevic or do you sign like LaMarcus Aldridge? He's a Jordan brand guy. So it makes some sense if he, you know, is really out his way out of San Antonio, like stuff like that. Like, but, do, but if you don't have LaMelo, do you yeah, not do no. that if you're Charlotte? Because 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 the the, I, the elephant in the room is like the coaching staff in Charlotte. Like they're you know they want to get an extension. Like they need their option picked up. Yeah, and I think I think this is almost like I don't want to say blessing in disguise, but it's almost like ending the season, quote unquote, on like a high note because it's like everyone loves Lamelo. I think he's still going to win Rookie of the Year, and now we have a built-in excuse if we kind of fade down the stretch a little bit. It's tough though, right? Like to to say that you like have an excuse because I don't know. We see all these college coaches getting fired in a season that so well, much and is out of their like, I just don't know what they were. They were right now. They're an eighth seed in the East. Indiana's right behind up, right? them. They could yeah. have a bad, they could have a bad week and be four. not a bad week. They could have a bad two weeks and be four games out. Like, well, and then the things we've kind of missed because we talked about the tournament, like Indy's right behind them. And then Toronto's skidding. They're 17 to 25. I figure that they're still going to get back in it. They had so many players out for like yeah. weeks on it. And the other thing we missed is Atlanta is off playing, on a big win streak. They're playing well. The the firing of Lloyd Pierce and then just bashing him behind the scenes like incessantly and hiring Nate McMillan has been. But very- Atlanta now, they won eight in a row, 22 and 20. Wouldn't you say they feel pretty safe to make the playoffs right now? I think it's going to be tough for them to knock it in, right? Like, you know, they're not that far ahead. I mean, what's the what's the fourth spot? Yeah, I mean, they're only, honestly. They're only they're, one and a half up on Charlotte in the eighth right. spot, right? So, I don't want to say anything for sure. I, I feel like we know who the Knicks are. I, I think the Knicks are just like a but, slam dunk 500 team, right? They're just going to be a couple games over, a couple games under. Feels like we know who the Celtics are. As always, the Celtics have flexibility to go get somebody else if they want to, right? They, they could make a move for Vucevic. They could be a team that's in on Aaron Gordon, somebody like that. But right now, the Celtics feel the same way. I think they, they, they profile better than the Knicks, right? But they don't seem much better than a 500 team. Atlanta, by the way, 10th in SRS. That surprises me. I mean, the, 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 do you think Miami's better than Atlanta at full strength? I, yes. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so I, I, do you yeah, think Miami and Boston, I would say the same about too. Do you think do you think Miami or Boston is in that legitimately the top three of the East is really good? Like Philly is very good. Brooklyn is very good. And eventually we'll see them at full strength. Milwaukee is very good, right? Milwaukee makes the deal. Uh gets DJ Augustine out of there. Right. And, you know, so like Milwaukee's making moves over here for PJ Tucker. They're trying to be different down the stretch, but like those three teams are really good. Do you think either of Miami, I mean, I'll, I'll throw Atlanta in there. Do you think like Atlanta, Miami, Boston, do you think any of them are in that mix? Like are any of them a, a challenge in a second round series to, to those teams? No, I'll, I'll give you my tears. Tell me if you disagree. I think tier a in the East is Milwaukee and Brooklyn. And Philly a notch behind them. They're like one A or one B tier. Like I don't think Philly's quite on their level, but maybe. So I think those three are clearly the top three in some order. Yeah, definitely. And then, and then I say the next tier is like Miami, Boston. I'll even throw in Toronto, even if they have a bad record. Like that sort of like you know veteran playoff teams. I definitely wonder too with Toronto. We're throwing them in that tier, but like if things just get worse, right? If they get more guys injured, like more guys get COVID, whatever. Are they just going to move Kyle Lowry? Like, are they, are they just going to say, you know, we're probably not going to re-sign him anyway. We paid Freddie. We played, paid OG Ananubi, paid Siakam. Like, going to probably not be able to afford Norman Powell, who's probably going to get $50 million in free agency. Yeah, I mean, he's like quietly like blowing up. So if you're Toronto, we know that Masai is usually thinking a step ahead. Like, they, they may not need to be included in that tier because they might just not 
be there at the end. But I, I'll tell you what, like if I was Brooklyn, I, I, I think Philly would beat them in the first round. And I definitely think Milwaukee would, but like if I was Brooklyn and I wouldn't be super excited to play Toronto in a one eight matchup and not because I don't think Brooklyn will win. I certainly do think they'd win, but like Nick nurse is so good and Toronto's like so battle tested and they're so able to kind of like manipulate the way people play. I just, I just wonder if that's like a sneaky one, eight matchup. If Toronto does sneak in, right? Like they get, and I don't even know if Brooklyn will be the one seed. Like Philly has played great with Joel and beat out. And it just seems like, Toronto's yeah, the team like, you, you the team you'd rather play is like the Knicks, as good of a story as that is. It's just like their upside, I think, is pretty limited. Yeah, it's just low. You're gonna win a bunch of games in the hundreds. Like it's fine. I, I will say let's let's talk about Joel Embiid for a second. Uh hyper extended knee, supposedly out two to three weeks, but you know Philly's gonna be really, really careful with him. Uh, I believe they're three and one since Embiid is out. They lost to the Bucks in a in a really good game. Uh they lost to the Knicks. They beat the Knicks on Sunday night in overtime and kind of a chaotic finish. But I think for Philly we're talking about blessings in disguise and like, I actually, as long as Embiid's healthy, like, uh, you know, if he has lasting effects from this, it's not a blessing in disguise, but like, we know they can't play Embiid every night, right? We know how chaotic the second half of the season is maybe Embiid getting a month off and then coming back in and like working himself into shape to be able to play every night in the playoffs. Like maybe that's actually better for Philly. If yeah, you can play that, that's a great, a that's a great point. Cause he was in that MVP talk. And like, sometimes when you're chasing, regular season stats or you awards play, you play more yeah right and so maybe t- taking his foot off the gas is a good thing um you know they talk about the warriors like going for 73 wins did that drain them like you know it's probably better just like bow out of the horse race now and, and just load up for the the playoffs i think you're right and and Jokic is playing so well i don't even you know it's going to be hard to catch up to him for like first team all NBA if that's even important to you. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, I think it's important to Joel Embiid for sure. I, I think it's, an, but his odds now on Bovada are off the board for MVP. So it's like, it's over for him. Cause I, again, like Daryl in the past, Daryl Morey has done things like, and so has Doc Rivers. Like they have trumpeted their guys for awards. Doc did it with DeAndre uh, Jordan for a long time for defensive player of the year. And we know Daryl Morey basically like sold out to try to win James Harden and MVP. It probably cost him in the playoffs, but I just think Embiid is different and he was playing so well and they, they've gotten into a rhythm where they know what Tobias Harris can do. Tony Bradley's filled in well. Dwight Howard's been pretty good for them. Like I think they know where they're at. And I think they know what they need from Embiid. I, I just really think like he may play 10 games in the second half and just, well, you the know, the MVP is, is like, interesting. I, I have a bold statement. Okay. Um, <laughs> I guess it's not that bold if you're like, you know, a hardcore fan, but you know, everyone wants storylines of MVP. It's just fun to talk about because of regular season is kind of boring. And so it was the MB Embiid MVP season. Now people are talking about Jokic for MVP and he might win it actually at this point. And LeBron obviously still has a lot of fans. You know, we'll talk about that in a second. But my bold statement is like, look, I think it's a three year sample size at this point. I don't think there's any doubt about it. The most valuable players in the regular season are Giannis and James Harden. I think it's just like lock it in. Like those are the most valuable regular season players. It's really funny. Like I I understand like Kyrie's been tremendous, by the way. Like he deserves a ton of credit for how he scored the ball and how he's like allowed Harden to come in and just dictate pace of play and all that stuff. But like, I understand that Harden is probably not going to make a first team all NBA ballot because of how things went in Houston. And he's probably not, he's going to get MVP votes because he does, but he's probably not going to finish top five for the first time in like five years. But like, it's, a, it's insane what those guys do. Like it's, and it's just every crazy. night, like they're not missing 20 games, you like know, Harden, like, like Harden's like, I'll play 38 minutes against the wizards. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's nuts. And it's, it's, it's not smart either. Probably like, it's just not, but like, we talk about this, like being able to carry that load. And now one of the things I think is pretty interesting and is with the Bucks trading for PJ Tucker. I don't know. So they trade DJ Wilson, they trade DJ Augustine, trade some firsts. Good trade for Houston for sure. Getting nothing out of PJ Tucker, recoup some draft picks. But with Milwaukee, you know, Tucker's a free agent and he makes corner threes, but he, he wasn't having a particularly great season. He obviously wasn't super engaged. But I guess Milwaukee's just like, hey, we want a tough dude. We want, we need someone to give Giannis a little more toughness in the playoffs. Not that he's not tough, but like you get what I'm saying. And maybe they just think Brooks not ready to do it. And like, maybe they are just going to close every single game with Giannis at the five and, and, and just do it that way. Right. Giannis, PJ Tucker, DiVincenzo, Middleton, and Drew Holiday. And just be like, look, if you can score on us, you can score on us. 
because like yeah. it, it, it just I, we seems talked like, about i think it was off mic but we're just like maybe they just don't trust brooke right now and, it, and it's 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 certainly possible and again like milwaukee's 27 and 14 as of us recording it statistically they're the second best team in the nba from an analytical standpoint behind utah uh, just ahead of phoenix who's playing really well but i i just think like i give some credit to Milwaukee because they, they definitely could be like, Hey, we got Giannis to resign. He's definitely here for three more years. Like we, we don't have to worry about this. And they're still like tinkering and trying to make moves. And like, so now they have two guys who are presumably going to close games for them. I, I can't say for sure that PJ will do that. I think we'll have to see, but like Drew Holiday and PJ Tucker may not be there next year. Right. And so this feels like the stakes for Milwaukee are very, very high this year. Like we could see something crazy happen. Like they, they could be just, it could, they could be totally different next year. And, and I think not- they're, I think they're worried about, I think it shows you not that PJ Tucker is like, you know, he's not a he's no spring chicken and he's not like switchable at this point or anything, but like downsizing a little bit. I think this shows you they're worried about Brooklyn um, yeah, potentially not too. even playing a center. I think that's who. And then the Lakers too, like, you know, Marcus Hall or something like I, they could just like not play a center if they want they, or right. you know, and, Anthony and, Davis is center. And Tucker does well against Anthony Davis. Tucker does. I mean, he, he can probably guard Harden. I think it'd be hard for him now to, to guard somebody like that, but he does okay against Durant. He gets up under him and like, he makes it hard on him, you know, and he played one game for them so far. He's played 13 minutes, zero points. It's going to take him a while. Right. He wasn't. And I think they were worried about like, you know, Brooke Lopez on Harden getting switched or something like that. It's just like, they're, I think they're tinkering for the playoffs in mind. And, and you know, they're a three seed right now for the first time in a long time. I have a hot take about Brooklyn, if you're, or about okay. Milwaukee, if you're ready. I'm ready. I think that them not being able to make the Bogdan Bondanovich deal is a blessing in disguise. Wow. Like, this I, is the whole theme of the podcast blessing is in disguise. I, I think that Dante DiVincenzo has had a really good year. I think he's a better defender than Bogdanovich. He's certainly cheaper. They would have given bogey like 80 million or something 60 million whatever i i think that they're better without him like i think divincenzo is just a better player and obviously bogdanovich is hurt right now so it's it's not a you know it's not totally fair to say that but i i just think that like milwaukee's cohesion and what we see and how they play with each other i think it's better for them to have divincenzo and i know i was i was crushing milwaukee for screwing this up and i want to kind of take them you know i, I want to yeah I, that's interesting take i'm not there yet the big ragu. <laughs> um, he's averaging, he's averaging like, you know, stats are stats, whatever, but he's averaging like yeah. 10, he's, he's five, well. 10, five and three. And he's cut the turnovers down, which was usually a problem because he couldn't dribble at all on 38% shooting. And he's like a bet, a pretty good wing defender. Like, I just don't trust him yet. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. When, when teams in the playoffs make him handle the ball, especially the last two years, it's been, it's been really bad. Like it's been scary to watch. I mean, I, I, since we're talking about so much about the East, like, do you think Brooklyn's a would it be they be your tick or would you take the field? I'll even say that. We don't really know what is the odds on Bob Adler for that. We don't really know what's going on with KD right now, right? We just hear he's going to be out for a couple more weeks, and obviously, like, it's you know, it's been a while at this point. Like, obviously, the All Star break happened, but you know, they've played like five or six games since the All Star break, and I don't know. I'm a I'm a bit worried about that. Like that gives me some pause. I don't think they're good enough with just Harden and Kyrie Irving. Uh, Blake Griffin played Sunday night, two oh, points, yeah. had a dunk, was awesome, but he definitely looks like he's not in game shape. He definitely doesn't look like a guy that's going to come in and be like a great player from or for Brooklyn. He, he might. I mean, we. And it's definitely shades of like boogie on yeah, a little, a little bit like that. And, and by think, the way, I, I could be an odds maker because on Bovada. Brooklyn is plus 110, basically 50-50 to win. To win the East? Yeah. Wow. I and mean, they're the favorite been, overall to win the title. Yeah, they've been really good. I mean, let's let's get off the East for a second. But this answer the question, though. Would you take Brooklyn or the field? Damn, I was trying to, I was trying to sneakily get away from answering the question <laughs> without you noticing. But I would take the field i think at 50 50 odds is it that at, one injury and they're done basically right well, I also just, as far as a final contender. i also just don't think that like they win the east one out of every two times like i think milwaukee's really good and i think philly is i i have come around a good bit on philly assuming mb comes back healthy which i don't have any reason to think that he won't i, I think philly's really good i don't i think philly doesn't match up great with the nets and i also think that milwaukee yeah. 
given how they guard until we see how they employ TJ or how they deploy PJ Tucker. I think Milwaukee matches up not great with them either, because like, if you're just going to drop coverage on like Kyrie and Harden and KD, and they're just going to go like guard to guard and guard to wing pick and roll over and over again, they're just going to get torched. Right. And so until we see how they change that, I I think that Brooklyn is definitely the favorite, but I I don't know that I think they win one out of every two times. that, That seems like pretty pretty bad yeah well and that's also i feel comfortable about my statement about Giannis and harden because like i love durant i think he's the best player probably but you can't just check out and miss three weeks you know he's legitimately hurt i think right no i know but like i just don't trust that he would be healthy yeah it's, it's it's definitely tough all right the other big story lebron guy never gets hurt uh high ankle sprain on saturday evening i believe and all we've seen right now is that he's out indefinitely. You know, I think they've they've missed Anthony Davis for a good while. Now now luckily they've they've played well up until this point. They are 28 and 15 as of us recording. They're the 3 seed in the West. However, just to be clear, they are one and a half games up on Denver, one and a half games up on Portland for, you know, who are tied in fifth. So we we could see the Lakers as the 6 seed, right? Like that that right. could definitely That's happen. why because I, you could, I'm, you know, I'm withdrawing the blessing in disguise here because this is not, yeah, this is not a blessing in disguise. Right. Because you could make the case for the same and beat like LeBron, you know, you should, you wanted MVP, probably shouldn't be trying for MVP this year. Ease your foot off the gas. But your point is exactly right. Like you don't want to fall from the three seed to the six seed or something like that. Yeah. Like it's, it's really tough. I don't know. Like let's say they are the six seed, right? Like, I mean, Lakers Clippers in the first round, like that's really what you want. And like, here's the other thing too. So like Anthony Davis has been banged up a lot of the year, right? I, I think Anthony Davis will be fine. He, he is nicked up a lot, but when it mattered last year, he wasn't. But like high ankle sprains linger a, a, a while, right? Like it's, it's, it's harder. It'd be better if he just broke his ankle because then it's a clean break. You know what you're doing. You know how to rehab it. But with like high ankle sprains, like LeBron could be limited for a while, right? And, and we know how LeBron takes care of his body and we know how committed he is to his rehab and, and what an amazing worker he is. And I think LeBron will come back okay. And Shams, I think, reported Monday morning that he was expecting to just be out a few weeks. But like... This is the second, you know, he's Iron Man, but this is the second season out of three that he's going to miss fairly some, significant. Some time, yeah. yeah. And, and And here's the thing, like... Everybody says great things about the Lakers. Like they, they're big fans of Teal and Horton Tucker. He's been playing well. Like Trez is great. Like Kuzma's played well this year. But like, we're talking about a lot of games missed by Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And then we're talking about like, hey, hopefully they're back in a month in a shortened regular season to get everybody on the same page going into the playoffs when the West looks like an absolute gauntlet. Like, I don't want to say that I think this is a death blow to the Lakers because I'm, I'm just done counting out LeBron, especially because I don't want to hear LeBron talk about all the people that counted him out after this <laughs> happens. But like what we know, one thing about the Lakers last year, Zan, and we both talked about this, they looked like they were the most cohesive team in the bubble. They looked like they came ready to play. They looked like they knew what they wanted from each person. Roles were defined. This year, man, like I, I don't know. It's, I think it's just going to be really, really hard for them if, they, if, if LeBron misses significant time. Well, you know, I, we get accused of hating on LeBron and it's not even that we hate on LeBron as a player. Cause obviously he's an amazing player. It's just sort of like the media spin kind of gets under our skin sometimes. And I would say that about this Lakers team and Lakers fans this year. Cause how often do we hear like, you know, Anthony Davis is hurt. Like LeBron has a terrible supporting cast. It's not fair. Like LeBron has this Lakers team has LeBron James, another max player in Anthony Davis. You signed the sixth man of the year. You brought him in the guy who finished second for six man of the year, you know, regardless of what you think of Kuzma and KCP, they're both making $10 million a year. They're both like starting players kind of, I mean, it's definitely, Hey, you think your team's a little thin because you lost your two max guys. Yeah. That would probably be true for every team in the league. (laughs) I do. Um, I do enjoy getting you on Lakers related rants because like their, their fans are insane. Like they're just, well, and also I think it shows you like a point about like guys like Alex Caruso. Cause like, Hey, maybe Alex Cruz is a better fit to end games than Dennis Schroeder, right? Because his skill set. But he's definitely not a better fit when you don't have a right. Lot of like Anthony there Davis. are guys who you need to score, you need to play make, and like guys like Dennis Schroeder like are underrated in that way. It's like, hey, we really need somebody to get twenty points tonight, and, and Alex Caruso can't do that by himself. And so I've seen. So obviously, I, I want to say the last update I saw on, on Anthony Davis was from 
Mark Spears and I'm trying to go or Chris, Chris, uh, sorry, that was bad. Uh, Chris Haynes. And this was March 15th. And he said that Anthony Davis will miss three weeks and possibly beyond for this right calf strain. And so that was what about a week ago. So we're looking at at least two more weeks with no Anthony Davis. There's no way LeBron comes back. Okay. I don't want to say no way the guy's done some amazing stuff, but two weeks back from a high ankle sprain seems insane. Like I, I, for a guy like him to, to put his body at risk, I just, I can't see it. So I just don't see a scenario where the Lakers are good enough currently in their current form to stay afloat in the West as to get a home court series in the first round. Like, I just don't see it. Now, again, if you, you know, if they draw the Clippers in the first round, Hey, you're playing Staples center. Things are great. Right. But I I just, I just personally feel like there's gotta be part of LeBron. that's like, I'm not going to push this because we're still going to make the playoffs. It it would be really hard to miss the playoffs. So if that's like a team that didn't have enough, I mean, last year was even worse, but like, they're just not equipped to like play without LeBron and obviously Anthony Davis. Like, of the listen to this stuff. Has any has any team that LeBron's ever been on been equipped to play without him? It doesn't really work like that, you know. But uh, so listen to this stat of their top eleven guys in terms of playing time. There's like yep. eleven guys who kind of get time here and there. Um, there's three with a positive offensive box plus minus. One's LeBron James. One's Anthony Davis. So the only healthy one is Montrez Harrell. So he is one a out of eight box plus minus. I would assume offensively. offensively. Yeah. Defensive, and so, um, so one out of eight, your top eight is considered by that, the standard, uh, uh, you know, and that, there's a lot goes into that, but like, that's not a good sign. No, I, I totally agree. And, and again, like I, I just want, I wonder what's going through LeBron's mind right now, because again, you're exactly right. Like he had a groin injury two years ago and he missed a substantial amount of time. And, he admitted that it took him a while to come back and it, it took him a while to like be ready to play. Right. So, so we knew that. And and so now if you're LeBron, you're like, man, like, I mean, the playoffs start in like a month, right? Like, well, I, I have an even harsher take. All right. Race yourself LeBron fans. <laughs> we got a, we got another blessing in disguise take or no, 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 no. Damn it. It's the sort of, is LeBron going to use this as an excuse? Oh, and, like, come on. Don't do this. Because do this. he sees the writing on the wall Don't that they this. can't be they're gonna, What do you, is this like the Coach K take that like Duke got coronavirus and like they just pulled well, out this of the is ACC what, tournament because they're right, like, come right. on, LeBron doesn't want to do that. If he's friends with Coach K, Coach K probably advised him to do that. LeBron, um, LeBron knows that like they're, I mean, I'm certain that LeBron looks at Tom Brady and he's like, oh, I can play till 45, even though, like, you can't. But I wanted to make this point. Like, this is going to sound harsh, but, you know, KD, as a KD defender, like, you know, gets so much hate for stacking the deck and going to Golden State. Understandable. LeBron has tried to stack the deck numerous times. Every season of his career, past, like, 2010, like... well, when he went to Miami, let's go through it. So when he went to Miami, they created a team that most people thought was a lock for multiple, multiple titles. And they won two titles. Yeah. And then he goes back to Cleveland and ends up having a tough series against Golden State. But at the time, Golden State was not Golden State. You know, like no one expected them to become a juggernaut. Yeah, so, but he handpicked, like he handpicked going back to Cleveland to play with Kyrie. And then they dealt Andrew Wiggins and other picks to get Kevin Love. Right. And then so those at the guys time, got He tried to do it in Cleveland for right, sure. He tried to do it in Cleveland. And they won a title. Yeah. It worked. And then I think he went to the Lakers knowing that, you know, that's the one situation where he did not stack the deck. They were a young team. They weren't going to win. But I think in the back of his mind, he thought, look, Golden State is so good right now. I can't win. It doesn't win. matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So I'm going to use this as sort of an excuse to not win this year. And then when Durant was hurt and Golden State was vulnerable, hey, let's bring in Anthony Davis early. Cause we actually do have a shot to win. I don't remember the exact timeline. <laughs> I guess Davis, right. They traded for Anthony Davis when the playoffs were going on. The Lakers were oh, out okay. at that time, but like that's <laughs> when they moved. Cause we did it over. I remember I, we did it over the summer, but like, but the point is like, he, he knows the writing on the wall. I think sometimes. So do you, think, I, I, I think they actually do have a shot to win the title. I'm not saying that they don't. Do you think that 36 year old LeBron James coming off a title season in a season where, you know, there are some good teams, but the Lakers are also very good. Wants to, punt a season to say no, like, no, oh, no i can't no. win no I, I i it sounds silly because they certainly could win a title this year they're one of the top three teams i'd say but i think that you know marcus all hasn't looked that great and he's been injured as well yeah and wesley matthews is old you know like he didn't give him much jerry dudley torn mcl really really tough break for the bench mob <laughs> could you, could like just Marquise, get, 
What if they just signed O'Banner from Oral oh, Roberts wow. and just replaced Jared Dudley? Would anyone notice? Like they, <laughs> they look pretty similar. They play kind of similar. Like he has the braids. Like he doesn't have the a ton of braids like Jared Dudley did at BC, but like they should just investigate. LeBron's allowed to do a lot of crazy stuff. How much is Jared Dudley getting paid this year? I'm sure he's making the minimum. I have no idea. I can't imagine he's making more than the minimum. He has seven personal fouls, six total points. Well, I think he's out for the season, which Almost doesn't matter because he'll just sit on the bench in a suit anyway, and he'll still be a vet until he's ready to like be a TV commentator, right? I mean, it it just seems like Jared Dudley. I, I you can't find these odds on Bovada. I wish you freaking could, but like it just seems like Jared Dudley is like tailor made to be a better version of like Kendrick Perkins, where like. Oh, just, who, who could be worse than people love Kendrick Perkins, but like Jared Dudley's kind of like more the, the more like polished version. Matt Barnes is really polished, I think. And even though he's talking about like smoking weed on TV, but like Jared Dudley is like definitely going to be that guy where he's just like, well, I sort of know what's like, on the, the jump suit, once a week. The creative suits at ESPN are like, hey, Charles Barkley says whatever's on his mind. Like, let's get a guy like that. And it's just like, you're not doing it. Actually, and you're swinging and missing. It's it's funny. I was talking about this with somebody the other day. So like that VCU game got canceled in the tournament because of COVID. And then Barkley went on like a rant about, not, not like a rant, but he went on like a diatribe about how like, it's just a game. Like he feels bad for the VCU players, but like, remember, like they're, this has affected like much more people. So it just is what it is. And my friend was like, this is kind of what Shaq doesn't understand about why people like Barkley. That like Barkley will say whatever he wants on any issue if he believes it. And it's it's real yeah, and people it's believe refreshing. it. And so like you don't see a guy backtracking a ton. Like when he says something and it's a bad take, like it's just a bad take and he's fine with it. But like he doesn't do things that are unauthentic. And like that's what Shaq doesn't understand when he kind of goes on his little like rants about like players today and stuff. It's like Barkley has 30 years of shooting from the hip on everything. Right. And you just, can't, there's, there's just like, how many people in the world can do that? Not, not many. Right. Like Barkley is well, just like, he's just, well, like, it's, you, we all have that. Like, especially in this day and age, like the, you're in a, like a dinner party or whatever, you're meeting with people you don't know. And you're like, should I say this? Can I say this? Is this safe to say in this room? And then like, he just does. And if you're on TV, I would have that times 10. Right. And he just, and he just doesn't have that. He just doesn't, you know, and it's, it's fine. Like, and and that's, that's the thing. That's why he's the best. It's because he's just really, really good at kind of coming off as super authentic when it comes to issues like that. And I think that it's why, like, I think people believe that Jared Dudley will be that way, but it's much harder to establish yourself as that kind of character now when, you know, in 2021, when like, you just, you you have to kind of watch what you say, like Barkley sort of like grandfathered into being able to say whatever he wants. Yeah. That's a good point. And it's, it's just harder to do it now. And that's why like Kendrick Perkins, like you can see it, you can see like him struggling with like, I got to be the polished TV guy, but at the same time, like I'm also an old school, like locker room vet, like, and it's just like, this just doesn't work great. Like it just doesn't work very well, but he, he must be, it must be working decently well. They, they just roll him out all the time. He's just always on TV. Yeah, I don't know what's going on in ESPN. But so I, I take back my Lakers. LeBron's trying to lose game. Because I think right now in Bovada, it's similar. Lakers are about 50-50 to win the West. And I think that the t- that's, aw- that's awful. There's no there that like that's first of all, that's I so think it's disres- plus 120, I think. There's so that's so disrespectful to Utah, who's been better than the Lakers all year. Like that's insane. How are the Lakers two to one to win the West? More than that, plus one twenty-five. So they're saying that's about a you know what is that forty-five percent chance? A little bit less than that, yeah, like forty-eight percent or something. That that's insane. That that that's those are crazy odds. Please do not bet on the Lakers to win the West at those odds. Just wait like two weeks, and if you think they're going to win the West, bet on them at like plus two seventy-five because it's going to be that. Like Phoenix, Phoenix, the Clippers, and Utah have all been as good or better than the Lakers for a substantial portion of the season. Well, they've been hurt though. I mean, so but the problem with the Lakers, you'd have to play Utah, you'd have to play the Clippers probably. But why, why would you bet on them? Like, I'm serious. High ankle sprains are no joke. Like, you have no idea when somebody's going to come back and be ready to go. And it's LeBron, so, like, obviously you expect him to be back. Wait, as soon- so I want to call you on this. So Lakers are at Utah in round two. You're taking Utah. I mean, if the Lakers aren't healthy, I'm certainly taking Utah. Well, no, obviously. But let's say they come back and, they, they, you know, we're not guaranteed that they're healthy, but they, they're playing. To see what the series price was, you're, if you're telling me it's just I'm 50, 100, yeah, it's just one, plus 50, 100, 50, yeah, I think I'd probably go with experience. Utah is really good though, like they're really, really good. The problem is, again, it's the same thing with Milwaukee, you, you have to figure out 
what is going to happen with Rudy Gobert in the playoffs? Because every single year he ends up playing a team where it's very, very hard for him to stay on the floor. And they're built so much around Rudy defensively that like when you play James Harden or when you play Anthony Davis, it's, it's, it's harder for Rudy, right? So I feel like Utah has gotten better offensively. I, I feel like they have enough guys that can hurt you. I think they are still a little bit thin on the wing for me, but I, I, I think Utah's better than the Lakers as of today. Like even if they were at full strength, I think Utah's better. See, I, I'm more inclined to, to go with like Bovada. They have the title odds: Brooklyn, Lakers, Clippers, third. I think that's what my gut says too. I mean, I think the Clippers and the Bucks are just kind of like sleeping giants, to be honest with you. And Phoenix is really good too. But I, I think that that's like to me when you look at it, it's like all right, people are kind of like fatigued on the Bucks, right? Just like Giannis is not going to win MVP, even though he has just as much of an argument this year as he's had the last two years. But they're the three seed. They're like a game and a half back of the one seed, right? They're really good. They're trying to integrate P.J. Tucker to play a different way. They still have, in most series, they're going to have the best player. Maybe not against Brooklyn, probably not against the Lakers, probably not against the Clippers, but they're going to have the best player in every other series. So, like, it's just it's, – it's tough for me to totally write off Milwaukee. And then the Clippers, too. It's really hard to write them off as well. I just think the Clippers are really good if they figure it out. But – I, I personally feel for Lakers fans. I know it's hard to say, but like they, they just are so wrapped up in the saga of like LeBron and what he does for them. And so like, I think it's going to be a rough couple of weeks because I just, I think it's going to be really hard to look at this team and be like, yeah, we're going to be better because like Kuzma got more shots and he's going to be ready to play. Like, it's not going to be like that because like LeBron's going to come and he's going to slow the ball down and they're going to bring back Anthony Davis and they're going to have to integrate everybody again. And it's not going to be as easy as people think in, in my opinion. And that's kind of why like, I don't think I want to be on a Lakers future right now because I, I just think it's really hard to do that. I, I, well, can I ask you a future bet about the Lakers that, that just jumped out at me from Bovada? Where will Bronny James, the son, play his first NCAA game for? And you might think, oh, that's a silly prop because Duke is one of the favorites. Kentucky is one of the favorites. But like, oddly, North Carolina Central is the favorite. Why is that? Is, am I missing something? I think LeBron's like good friends with LaBelle Moton, but I don't know. I don't know. Is that like the coach there? I he's the coach that. at NC Central. He may not be there. He may get a better job. He's a good, he's a good coach. But okay, because like, they're the favorite to land LeBron I James Jr. No idea if Le- if Bronny James will even attend college, right? I, I think right. that at that point, I, we would expect to see the one and done rule is gone. I don't think currently that Bronny profiles as a one and done player, by the way. I, I think he will need to go to college. But you never know. He could hit a growth spurt or something like that. I, I would be surprised if he didn't end up at. Like LeBron is close with Coach K, like the USA basketball stuff. Like I, I don't know. Duke seems like a spot for him, but Ohio State, like they're very good. That their guards are usually pretty good. Like I could see LeBron being like, "Hey, we're gonna go play for Ohio State." Keith Dambrot is this is this is way out there. All right, I got two sleepers for you, but obviously this is far down the road. So yeah, because there's a lot of weird numbers. So on Keith Dambrot is the coach at. Duquesne. He coached Akron. He coached Romeo Travis at Akron, but he also coached LeBron at St. Vincent St. Mary. So that's one. But Drew Joyce, who played with LeBron at St. Vincent St. Mary's, whose dad is like kind of the guy who coached LeBron at AAU. Drew Joyce is an assistant at Cleveland State. They just made the tournament. They're, they were like a 15 seed. They are coached by Dennis Gates, who was at Florida State with Leonard Hamilton. Drew Joyce is back now. He played in Germany for a long time. I think Dennis Gates will have a bigger job in a couple of years. And if Drew Joyce is on staff with Dennis Gates and Dennis Gates is at a high major, I think there's a very good chance that Bronny James ends up going to that school because I think the relationship with Drew Joyce is so strong that I think there's a good chance LeBron could send him to play with his like childhood best friend who like took care of him, you know? And so, yeah, and it was just, it just jumped at me because it was such a weird group because there's Duke, Kentucky, there's North Carolina, but then there's North Carolina Central, Howard, North Carolina, AT&T is on here. A&T. Hey, not AT&T. AT&T. It's really tough. It could be, you know, Michigan State sponsored by Rocket Morgan now, so maybe... And North Carolina yeah. A&T is going to be – I mean, and I, I, I know nothing about Bronny James. I, I'm just willing to bet my life that he is massively overrated just based no, on he's good. the fact he's that good. every superstar's kid is overrated. He's good. He's, he's really good. I mean, Remember when we heard about Shaq's kid, like Sharif being an NBA player? What happened to him? I mean, he's – well, he had a heart condition that, oh. I mean, that he couldn't <laughs> play for a little while. So I think we should probably reserve judgment. But, I, I mean, again, there's – I think Sorry. that – High school recruiting is, is tough. It's an inexact science. They're very clearly putting some stock into the fact that Bronny might go to play for uh, HBCU, which, again, until we see it happen, I, I don't know it'll, if it'll happen. But I think that Bronny James is good. I think he'll be a high major recruit. And, you know, I don't 
necessarily I, I don't I, I can't say that I think he's a slam dunk NBA player I think it's hard to say anybody in the class of like 2023 is a slam dunk NBA player but I definitely think he's on NBA radars because he's a good player like he's LeBron James's son it's it's interesting but I just I don't know man I can't imagine LeBron in like the recruiting process right because like he's just like the biggest star in the world like you know what, what do you do well, like every school would every school like you know it's like they even offered it wasn't Snoop Dogg's kid on USC or something like that, or yeah, like Little Bow Wow, no, Little Romeo, because he little was Demar. Romeo. He was Percy Miller. He was Demar Derozan's best friend. Yeah, because it's like you just want if you're any school, you want the publicity of LeBron James's kid. Why don't we, uh, as we diverge more off topic, why don't you give your picks for the rest of the tournament, and then we'll we'll cut well, it a little mi- bit short. It's, yeah, we're it's recording Monday, so we miss if we miss the games. I think it's. Not no, yeah, not the Monday games. Talk about what you think going forward. Do you still? Well, I'm you saying that Gonzaga. If I say Gonzaga and they lose, so we're, you're holding strong on Gonzaga as yeah. the title pick, right? Okay, that's good. I think Loyola lose, so. Chicago is legitimate Final Four team. Okay, so Houston's the other only other seed higher than them in that bracket left, right? Oregon State's there, like so. Houston's the yeah. two seed on the bottom half. I think okay. Loyola's really good. Loyola's very um, good. I think uh, Baylor. Baylor looks very good. Yeah, as well. Baylor okay. looks good. If I had to repick, I would say Gonzaga, Baylor, Loyola, and then the bottom. I still have to watch more Michigan because I'm still not totally sold. Yeah, but. Michigan against LSU as we record will be quite fun. And then Arkansas. Or, uh, Arkansas looks pretty good, but then Alabama is still alive and they're in a pretty good spot. And then Florida State we think is pretty good. That was another one you touted BYU. They flamed out. You touted Virginia. Flamed out. I touted Bonnie's flamed out. What else we got? We've been bad, really bad. You know, I, although to be honest, I did win my bracket. They have a prize for first round. And you got the most games. I right got the, the first most. Round. I think How is that the, possible? I didn't even hear you get any games right. Well, I think I hit on all the eight, nine games. Oh, that's pretty good. And then I got like, call, you know, I resisted the urge to take my <laughs> to alma mater, Georgetown, Georgetown yeah, yeah, to Colorado uh, with a bullet. That was an obvious one to me. I, I don't know why I won, but all my other picks were bad. I passed going, the first round. Yeah. All right. Last thing for me, I'm going Gonzaga to win it all. And then I'm going to put Baylor back into the final four. Yeah. And then I'm going to pick, I think Loyola is good too. I think Houston's really good. And I think it's a fun matchup. I think they're going to play in the elite eight. I don't know. I could flip a coin on it. I'll say Houston. And then I'm going to pick, I'm going to stick with Florida state. I think. That's a good pick. And then the trade deadlines coming up. Boom. If there's a major, major deal, maybe we'll do an emergency one. Otherwise, we'll wait and see how much action there is. So, All right. uh, MTV Challenge accepted. Sometimes Thursdays, sometimes Fridays. Uh, Zan underscore Ellison on Reddit and Twitter. Email the show, ZanikEllison at gmail.com. A lot of basketball to watch this week. A lot of NBA to get back into. But uh, Zan, as always, buddy. It's It's been a pleasure. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with your hosts, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news.